Chapter 11 of Wandle the Invader by Ray Cummings. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. 11. But when do we eat? Snap demanded. Soon, said Molo. I hope so. We were leaving the great room as we had come. Walking? I can only call it that though the word is futile to describe our progress as we made our way to the lighted esplanade, across its side, and into what might have been called a street. Globular houses, single or one set upon another, or half a dozen swaying on a stick, gardens of vegetables and flowers. I saw what seemed to be a round patch of hundred-foot tree-stalks, like a thick batch of bamboo. It was laced and latticed thick with vines. A house, Snap murmured. That's a house. Another type of dwelling. This patch of vegetable growth, so flimsy it was all stirring with the movement of the night breeze, was woven into circular thatched rooms, birds' nests of little dwellings. Staring up, I seemed to see a hundred of them. Rope vine ladders, flimsy vine platforms, tiny lights winking up there in the trees. On a platform twenty feet above us, a group of tiny infant brains sat in a gruesome row, goggling down on us. We passed the tree patch. Again the city seemed all a thin, flexible metal. The ground was like a smooth rock surface, alternating with small patches of soil where things were growing. We walked in a slow, unsteady line. Molo led. Behind Snap and me came the girls, ignoring us and at the rear the brown-shelled giant guard stalked after us. Molo stopped at a large globe-dwelling. We rest here. I will go see that our rooms are ready. He gestured to his sister. Mika, you come with me. Wick will guard them. We stood at an oval doorway. A worker came out, stared at us, then went back. On an upper balcony, a brain was gazing down at us. I caught Molo's brawny arm. Won't you tell us what's going on? Rest here with Wick. What are you going to do? asked Snap. I am going to select my men for battle. When do you go? In a few hours, Earth time. And you're taking us on the ship, Molo? Where is your star streak? That I must find out. He gazed at us with a slow, faint smile. Not far. Nothing is far on Wandle. I do not know if I will take you on my ship. You might be of help, or you might be troublesome. The great master wants prisoners, or I would have killed you long ago. He took his sister and left us. There was a brief moment when Wick, standing aside incuriously, gave us opportunity for swift whispers. Again Anita clutched me. Greg, we'll be separated now, but with Molo gone, Venza and I can get away from Mika. Venza whirled on us. Greg, listen. Snap, be quiet. If we're ever going to escape, now is the time. You get away from Wick. We'll handle Mika. And do what? Snap demanded. The control station. We'll find it. Anita whispered, We've got to wreck it, Greg. Stop those contacts. 
It'll mean the end of Earth if we don't. I protested. Better try for Molo's vessel. We might be able to navigate it, escape from this world. The control station first, Anita insisted. Greg, we know something about it. You and Snap, with your strength, can demolish it. And then, if we can locate the Star Streak... It was a desperate, mad plan, but there seemed nothing better. The girls insisted now that though they did not know where the control station was located, they knew the details of its interior, its physical layout, its human operators. In an hour, whispered Snap. Have you got a timer? Is it going? The little timers we still had with us were undoubtedly operating differently from on Earth, but they were in agreement. An hour-by-hour hour timers, I whispered. We'll make the break then, try to find you inside. Anita, if you get free of Mika, don't come out. All right? We had only a moment to try and plan it. Anita, in an hour, with Molo gone. He came suddenly with a driving leap from the doorway and dropped among us. All is ready. Come. We ignored the girls. Snap again protested that he was hungry, which indeed, for me at least, was certainly the truth. And I was parched with thirst. I felt that this vaunted strength of my earth body would not last long without food and drink. We entered the globular interior. There were narrow corridors, triangular rooms, a slatted, ladder-like incline leading upward to a higher level. The girls followed Mika up the incline. Molo and Wick herded us into a nearby room. You will have your food and drink here. Cause Wick no trouble, and you will be quite safe. He turned, but Snap plucked at him. When are you coming back? Not too long. I said, We will cause you no trouble. Take us on the ship. I will see. He murmured to Wick in Martian, then left us. The small triangular room had no windows and only the single door. Wick touched a mechanism and it slid closed. The place was a queer apartment indeed. The floor was convex, curving upward to the walls. The light radiance dimly glowed as though inherent to the metal ceiling. There was strange metal furniture, a table and chairs high and large, bunks of a size evidently for the ten-foot workers. The door opened, and a worker brought us food and drink. Wick sat apart and watched us while we consumed the meal. I noticed that he seldom let himself get close to us. He sat stiffly upright, with his jointed legs bent double under him, his many arms and pincers hanging inert, save the one short shoulder arm with flexible fingers gripping his weapon. At his waist, and upon several hook-like protuberances of his chest, other weapons and devices were hanging. Snap gazed up from where, on the floor, we were ravenously eating and drinking. Aren't you hungry? he asked Wick. No. You eat often? No. An incurious, taciturn creature, this insect-like being. Snap whispered, Got to talk to him. Make him let us get close. That weapon. How the weapon operated we did not know, 
but that a flash from it would bring instant death we well imagined. Half of that hour of waiting was past. I said to Wick, You would call this night on your world. The sun obviously is on the other hemisphere. When will it be day? His gaze swung on me. His hollow voice, deep from the capacious shell of chest, echoed and blurred in the room. I think Wandle has no rotation now, or almost none. He was not as taciturn as he had seemed, and presently we had him talking. We learned several things regarding the gravity controls of Wandle, by which at will the planet could be rotated on its axis, and by which also it could navigate space. We learned that the great control station contained these gravitational mechanisms, as well as the mechanism by which the Earth had been attacked. But we could not discover where on Wandle that station was located. Then, with our meal finished, Snap rose to his feet. Those arms of yours seem very strange to us, but they must be mighty useful. Snap had taken a cautious, shoving step. It wafted him directly toward the guard. The weird, brown-scaled face of Wick, with its popping eyes upon stems and its upended mouth, contorted with surprise. Back! Don't come near me! He flung himself back, but struck the wall of the room. All his arms were writhing. Alarm was in his voice. It was the first time either Snap or I had made an unexpected move, and it startled Wick. Wait! Let me go! Snap cried. Wick's longest arms were around Snap, like the tentacles of an octopus, and Snap was struggling, fighting. We had not intended this at this time, but the opportunity was here. I scrambled from the floor. Now, with the need for powerful action, the lack of gravity was a tremendous handicap. I went up with flailing arms into the air. Wick fired his weapon, but it missed me, a soundless, dimly white bolt. It hissed along the curving wall of the room. The smell of it was a stench in my nostrils. I hit the concave ceiling, shoved down, and like a swimmer in water struck against the struggling bodies of Snap and the guard. The waving little shoulder arm with the weapon came at me. Snap shouted, Greg, look out! I seized the little arm. It felt like the shell of a huge crab. For a moment we were all three entangled, floundering, unable to find a foothold. Then suddenly I felt Snap pulling me loose. We've got him! The brown-shelled body of Wick sank away from us, hit the floor, and lay still. I felt the floor under me, and Snap clutching at me. In my hand I was clutching Wick's little shoulder arm, with fingers still gripping the weapon. I had jerked it out of his shoulder socket. With a shudder I cast the noisome thing away. Whether Wick was dead or not we did not know. He lay on his back. The hideous face stared upward. I cracked the shell, Snap gasped. We've got to get out of here. Better try and get the girls loose now. We wasted no further time on Wick. 
Snap snatched several of his weapons and mechanical devices. We stowed them hastily in our pockets. One was like another to us. We could only guess at their uses. His shoes, Greg. I can't get the damn things off him. Here are shoes. A small pile of shoes was in a corner of the room, wide, resilient suction soles built like sandals. They were very large, but the things were so placed that it seemed we could fasten them to our boots. But not now, Snap. We snatched up four pairs of the shoes. There seemed nothing else to do. Could we get the door open? Snap was already fumbling at it. Accursed thing, it won't give! Then it slid open. The dim corridor was visible. No one, nothing, out there. Come on, Greg, in a rush! We went like bouncing rubber figures up the incline ladder. Snap, watch out! He all but cracked his head with an upward leap. Every instant we expected to be set upon. There was a terraced upper hall, black with shadow. Dark ovals of doorways led into rooms. No one here. As yet we were not discovered. We stood at the intersection of two corridors. One went almost vertically up, like a chimney extending into the dome peak of the globe. Its sides were latticed. We could go up it hand over hand, like monkeys. The other sloped at an angle downward. Which way? Snap whispered. What do you think? Got to find them. It still lacked about five minutes of our designated time, but it would not do to burst in upon the girls, perhaps to find Molo and guards there. Let's wait a minute, listen, see if we can't get some idea. We were backed against the corridor wall, almost in darkness. From the dark length of the descending corridor came a thump, the sound of a struggle, and then a muffled scream. Venza! And we heard her words. Anita, look out for her! She's got a knife! As though diving into water, Snap and I plunged headfirst into the blackness of the corridor. End of chapter 11